Tonight, it's the third year anniversary of Doug Ford becoming the leader of the Ontario Progressive Conservatives. Has he lived up to the hype? It's March 10th, 2021. I'm David Menzies, and this is The Ezra Levent Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why I publish it is because it's my bloody right to do so. Well, folks, look what plopped into my email box the other day. It was an e-letter from somebody called Michelle Cooper, and here's what it said. Quote, David. March 10th is a special anniversary. It is the date that Doug became Ontario PC party leader. If you recall, back in March 2018, our party held one of the fastest leaderships in Ontario's history. But it wasn't the speed of the election that made history. Doug used his three months on the job as leader to defeat the 15-year-old Liberal government and win us a majority. If anything, this past year has demonstrated that elections matter and leadership matters. Premier Ford has been rock solid and is providing exactly the leadership our province needs in this crisis. That's why we are launching a digital card to mark this anniversary of becoming our leader. Show your appreciation to Doug and his family who have made great sacrifices in serving our party. Sign your name, write a comment, and let him know he has the steadfast support of Ontarians." End quote. Well, it turns out, folks, that Ms. Cooper is the executive director of the PC Ontario Fund, and to show she has absolutely no shame whatsoever, she ends her letter with this. David, if you are in a position to give, please consider donating to the Ontario PC and ensure Doug has the resources to win next year's election. Donate here, end quote. Wow, and to think I'm supposed to have a spam filter on my computer. You see, Michelle, my bell, I'm not in a position to donate, and neither are thousands and thousands of Yahoo Nation members, for that matter. You know, Michelle, those folks who used to be called Ford Nation before the premier had his Hillary Clinton-like basket full of deplorables moment when he slurred them for exercising their right to protest the lockdown? Actually, Ford's comment was way worse than Clinton's. After all, Hillary was targeting the enemy, i.e. Trump supporters. Doug was aiming the gun at his own base. And it is surreal how Doug Ford has devolved over these last three short years, isn't it, folks? Remember the 2018 election slogans like, for the people? Um, which people, Premier? The mean girls in the media party that you used to condemn, but now you suck up to at your daily press conferences? And then there was that other 2018 chestnut, Ontario, open for business. Gee, I see thousands of businesses going under these days, Premier. Oh, but not Doug's business, folks. Deco Labels, business is apparently booming there. Hey, someone has to manufacture 
all that Wuhan virus protocol crap like signs ordering you to put your face diaper on and those little floor arrows because the virus is a big fan of one-way streets, apparently. You know, I think the jump the shark moment for Doug Ford came last year when Patrick Brown, a.k.a. the man who would be premier, well, Mr. Brown tweeted out that he was having dinner at Ford's house. I mean, how freaking weird is that, folks? Brown is the lying liar that was given the palace coup treatment back in January 2018. Doug Ford was his eventual replacement. Remember poor little Patty bawling his eyes out as he was whisked away from the Ontario legislature in that salt-stained minivan? And now this guy is breaking bread at Ford's home? But the most perverse irony here is that in three years, Doug Ford is way more Patrick Brown than he is, oh, I don't know, Rob Ford. Doug's late great brother was truly a man of the people. The question is, as Fred Willard used to always say, uh, what happened? I am reminded of the tagline from the 1979 film, The Seduction of Joe Tynan, starring Alan Alda and Meryl Streep. The movie is about a liberal U.S. senator who compromises his values when he ends up in an illicit love affair with a lawyer. The tagline reads, quote, There are many ways to be seduced. Fame, power, love. Joe Tynan knows them all, end quote. I think Doug Ford was seduced by power. He once despised the elites, but he now gushes over them. He once had nothing good to say about members of the mainstream media, and now he seemingly adores them. And he has clearly forgotten who got him into that position of power. Thus, Ford Nation is a bunch of yahoos. And Rebel News? Well, we are now media non grata. Doug was a featured guest speaker at a Rebel Live event some four years ago. Doug personally pitched a weekly Rebel News show Ford Nation. I was going to be the host, folks. But that was then, and this is now. That was back when Doug was Mr. Ford, not Premier Ford. Doug says the team directs him now. Um, who is that team? Regardless, there is no weekly Ford Nation show, and we're banned from Ford's pressers. And when I visited Ford's company, Deco Labels, last week for a story, an employee said to leave the premises immediately or he would call the police. <laughs> nice. So, Miss Cooper, I won't be signing the Premier's anniversary card nor making a donation. And that's because Doug Ford, three years into his term, clearly did not come as advertising going back to what he promised on the election campaign in 2018. Indeed, Michelle, I hate to be rude here, but two questions arise. First, what is there exactly to celebrate? And perhaps more importantly, who exactly is celebrating three years worth of Doug Ford during these oh-so-rotten days we live in? Stay with us for more, folks.
Well, folks, thanks to the Wuhan virus and the economic lockdowns the virus spawned the world over, the past 12 months have been downright brutal for so, so many people. Breadwinners were forced to take benefits to get by as businesses collapsed. Surely the damage to the world economy is at the trillions of dollars level. But get this, some people are actually happy about this. In fact, these same people are clamoring for an economic lockdown to occur every two years. Why? Well, apparently kneecapping the economy will allow nations to meet their Paris Climate Accord targets. No, folks, this is not a premature April Fool's Day joke. And with more on this cockamamie climate idea is our friend Mark Moreno, who heads up the Washington-based, D.C.-based Climate Depot. Hey, Mark, welcome to the Ezra LeVent Show. Uh, Mark, we've witnessed so much nonsense from the climate change camp, but this really takes the cake, doesn't it? I mean, wishing a global depression upon the world on a biannual basis for improving our climate change record? This is where we've been, this is where we've been headed since they did the first COVID lockdown uh, over a year ago. And what this was, this was a new study in the journal Nature. And actually, oddly enough, guess where, where the researchers were from? The University of East Anglia, the heart of the ClimateGate scandal from 11 years ago, where they had the hacked emails show that there was top UN scientists conspiring. So hmm. we're getting a little glimpse into what their plan is here. And they basically, the study concluded that CO2 emissions need to drop by the same amount as the, as the recent global lockdown every two years. So if you love COVID lockdowns, you're going to love the coming climate lockdowns to fight global warming. Mark, let me take a wild guess here. These people espousing this advice and these opinions, I'm betting that they don't suffer at all during an economic lockdown, that while the entire world economy goes into some kind of a lockdown mode, their paychecks are somehow still going through. Would I be correct in making that assumption? It is correct that every single person you see on your media platform, whether it's uh, you know, the mainstream media or on you know, even cable news, uh, CNN, all the network news and all the government bureaucrats, all the local politicians, all the health directors, not a single one of them are, or none of the journalists supporting it are facing any kind of impact to their salaries and their jobs from this. And these are the ones I just watched here in Washington, D.C., local channel nine, this pompous uh, local news anchor gave a category, basically gave a commentary, basically saying we're still all in this together. Well, tell that to the restaurant owners. Tell that to the school children. Tell that to all the workers who have been affected, displaced, lost their job, and no universal basic income, which is what COVID relief is going to morph into, is going to help that. But this is the essentially the elite class telling everyone else we're all in this together. We know we're not all in this together because it's been the largest transfer of wealth from the poor and middle class to the billionaire class in the history of our country. Mark, if I think I think if I hear that phrase, we're all in this together one more time, I'm going <laughs> to yeah. have a heart attack. Uh, I mean, that has now supplanted uh, the check is in the mail and hi, That's I'm right. from the government. I'm here to help you as the biggest lie of all time. But, you know, Mark, uh, what I see is that when these people in their ivory towers are espousing these kind of uh, policies, 
it leads to a lack of empathy. We see so many people unemployed now. We see businesses that have been around for decades, decades, not economic startups going under. Um, also the social costs, you see depression off the chart, uh, rates of suicide, spousal abuse, if you can believe yeah. it. There is so much evidence out there to suggest that the so-called cure is far worse than the Wuhan curse. And yet these people want to inflict this grotesque misery on the planet every two years. Uh, I'm sorry, I, that does not compute for me, my friend. Well, to be fair to the study, that's exactly right. This is what the advocates want to do. In fact, they're even saying now for the, for the flying, you know, they're talking about slowly allowing you know, more routes and international travel. Of course, you're going to need a COVID passport or a freedom passport, as they're calling it. But what they're doing is they're saying in the climate world that you have to have a morally justifiable reason to fly. This is what a climate activist, Eric Holtheist, has suggested. So think of that. During these COVID lockdowns, curfews, you needed a legitimate reason to go to the store. You had to have, you know, essential services only, essential reasons. You had to be for medicine or food. Well, now they want to morph that over to the climate world in, in the form of lockdown. You want to fly for a vacation to Florida? Well, wait a minute. I don't think that's going to, that's not essential. You've been denied. I had someone from East Germany, from former East Germany, showing me the regulations of East Germany. They're now morphing the COVID lockdowns, the climate lockdowns are aping, copying the East German government's old travel rules under this new climate emergency declaration that we're facing. You know, Mark, it's just astounding. It just seems that so many people attached to the, the environmental movement have no basic understanding of economics. I mean, look at the damage uh, these lockdowns have occurred. They don't care. Um, and uh, when we look back before this nonsense started, we had AOC uh, promoting her Green New Deal. What, what, I think the off-the-lot price for that is something like $98 trillion. Yeah. And this is after what we just went through. Is there maybe some evidence here, uh, Mark, that really the green movement is the red movement? What I, mean, what I mean by that is that these are really Marxists. They don't give a rodent's rectum about the climate, about the environment. This is all about the reset. This is all about um, communism, socialism. That's what's really driving the agenda here. I think you're up. This is not. And to, to let's update your phrase there, David. They don't give an anal swab about the climate. <laughs> this is, they don't give a Chinese and a mandated anal swab. You know, the Chinese government. What they're doing, global warming is merely the latest scare of the last 50 years of the progressive environmental movement trying to scare us. In my upcoming book called Green Fraud, which comes out later this month, I devote an entire chapter to the 1970s global cooling coming ice age scare. They thought we were our fossil fuels were creating global dimming, which was going to cause a global cooling on the earth. That entire movement, guess what the solutions were to global man-made global cooling induced by fossil fuels? It was wealth redistribution, central planning, sovereignty limiting treaties. I go through point by point of all the all the solutions in the 1970s. It is amazing. Nothing has changed. All they've done is plug and play environmental scares. You want to worry about 
Overpopulation, resource scarcity, global cooling, global warming, species extinction, deforestation. It doesn't matter what the scare is. It's plug and play. The solution's always the same. And amazingly, it's a Green New Deal style solution going back to the 1960s of just basically government takeover of every aspect of your lives. Yeah. So that really, I guess what you're saying, Mark, is there is nothing new about this so-called Green New Deal. It's just that they come up to the plate every decade or so and try another swing. Last uh, question. Um, you know, Mark, I know you've had regime change in Washington. Unfortunately, I can only imagine so many of the progressive Democrats actually being on side with this uh, cockamamie nonsense. But let me put it to you this way. If there was a referendum in the United States and Americans could say, um, yeah, this is a great idea. Uh, lock down the economy for a year every yeah. two years. Or no, are you insane? I want to go back to work. I want to uh, resurrect my uh, business from the ashes of bankruptcy. How would that referendum go? How do you think it would turn out, my friend? Well, do you mean how would the people vote or how would the votes be counted? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's a real question on that one. Um, you know, I, I just can't imagine. I think even here's an interesting story. I mean, I, even in the blue states like California and others, we're seeing what people really think of lockdowns. We're seeing them flee California. You know what the highest area in California fleeing is? is the San Francisco area, one of the hardest lockdown areas. So we're seeing in New York, all the people fleeing to Florida. So even the hardcore progressive left, even though they mouth support for these policies, when it comes time to live under the insanity of a government controlled lockdown, they're out of there. They go to the free states. The sad part is, David, they're going to corrupt the politics now of Florida and Texas. As more and more blue Democrat voters move to these states, they're going to start voting for more liberal policies and end up locking those states down in the future. So it's, you know, there's actually the whole movements of you're welcome to our state, but don't bring your politics with you. But that's unfortunately going to be a losing battle. You know, I, I'm so afraid that you're right about that, Mark. I mean, from so many of these blue states, New York, New Jersey, California, we, uh, Illinois, we see an exodus of people going to states like Texas and Florida. And once they yeah. get there and they're fleeing high taxes, they're fleeing clampdowns on their freedom. And once they get to these other states they go, you know what? We need bicycle trails here. You know what? We need solar yeah. panels here. They bring that virus with them. That's the true virus. Uh, I think this yeah. kind of progressive thinking uh, in terms of believing that these initiatives that are centered um, ostensibly on climate is going to bring about a utopia when it, in fact it achieves the opposite. Mark, what's the name of that book of yours coming out in the months ahead? It's coming out. Well, it's coming out March 23rd. It's called Green Fraud. The Green Why the Green New Deal is even worse than you think. It's Regnery Publishing, and I it's it goes through an A to Z in the Green New Deal. And I actually have an entire chapter devoted to the COVID climate connection, the lockdowns, how they literally want to morph right over. John Kerry himself has said the differences, the the um, the uh, uh, similarities are astounding between COVID and climate. In other words, the same. The solution is always the same, as I mentioned. COVID government control of every aspect of your lives because we're too stupid to realize we should wash our hands and maybe stay away if there's a virus going around. Instead, we need to have regulations and mask mandates until the end of time. And then, of course, the freedom passports in quotes. So the book covers every aspect. Green fraud coming out on March 23rd. Thank you. 
Fantastic, Mark. Well, there you have it. Uh, thank you so much uh, for joining me on the Ezra Event Show, Mark, and thank you for your work as a watchdog against all this crazy nonsense we see uh, perpetrating on the behalf of climate. And there you have it, folks. Green fraud, March 25th. I can guarantee you that is going to be must-read material. Keep it here. More of the Ezra Levent Show to come after this. Hey, folks. Thanks so much for tuning in. The big boss man, Ezra Levent, he'll be back here tomorrow. In the meantime, good night.